Broadcasting live from the Capital OTB Studios, this is Racing Across America with Seth Merrow. Good morning and welcome to Racing Across America. Seth Merrow in the studio on this Saturday morning. Again, we will uh, reiterate that Belmont at Aqueduct has not canceled, postponed for uh, today. Uh, they are going to move today's card intact to tomorrow with the, the uh, crazy weather they had down there uh, yesterday, certainly. So again, the Belmont at Aqueduct card, no racing in New York today, but that card has been moved to uh, tomorrow. But still plenty of really, really good stakes action from across the country, and we'll talk about some of that uh, this morning, a little bit later on. It's a nice stakes card down at Laurel today. Um, and so we'll be joined by Dave Rodman a little bit later on to talk Laurel and the Laurel stakes. But uh, top of the show, um, going to be joined now by uh, our friend Howard Kravitz from the, uh, and Dan, I think you want to close the, close the door in the, uh, to the control, because I am getting some crazy feedback here. Um, our friend Howard Kravitz from the HHH Racing Podcast. I was tuned in a couple nights ago and uh, saw the, the guys, uh, Paul Haller and Pete Visco and uh, Howard, go over the, the pick five at Santa Anita on this opening weekend. Clearly, there will be some Breeders' Cup implications, so I thought we'd have Howard come in and get some of his ideas on that Santa Anita pick five. Howard, good morning. the end of the meet he was in town uh doing a little extra coverage for the the saratoga special guys so it was great to see you guys and have you up there uh on the show and for folks who maybe didn't get a chance to tune in then just remind us i tell people all the time i enjoy the hhh racing podcast like a lot of the podcasts these days you have the audio side but there's also a video component and i watch you guys at night a lot when I'm handicapping on YouTube, but remind people when they can find the, uh, the new podcasts every week. Yeah, we have uh, two live shows every week, sometimes more. We're going to have more than two live shows coming up with all the Breeders' Cup action coming, but Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just go to HHH Racing Podcast, as you can see on the screen there. And then also Wednesday nights, we have a show called Betten and Boozin', uh, which is a combination of horse racing and sports talk, uh, and that starts at 9 p.m. Eastern. We also have shows earlier in the week. And again, uh, we're going to be covering the Breeze Cup like a glove. Very excited. Uh, we had several shows this week. We're going to have several shows next week as well. And we also sell Power Picks tip sheet, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little later also. Yeah, in fact, I'll tee you up to talk about the Power Picks right now. I get the Power Picks uh, page, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's some picks and play ideas. There are some nice stats on there. And I know uh, during the Saratoga season, you, you ramp things up a little bit as far as the podcast and the power picks. And it sounds like you might be doing the same thing with Keeneland coming up. Yeah, so for the Keeneland meet, we're going to have a special Keeneland-only power pick tip sheet that we're going to be selling on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. We love the Keeneland meet here. And highly recommend people check out the Keeneland only power picks. You can find that on our website, hhhracingpodcast.com. And then we have regular power picks where we cover uh, different tracks throughout the country. I heard you talking about Churchill right before I came on. We are covering Churchill uh, today on our power picks. And that you can subscribe through Patreon at patreon.com backslash hhhracingpodcast. All of our tip sheet information is on our website as you can see just go to our screen on our website and you can find out all about it very inexpensive very profitable we've over almost three years now we have an roi around two dollars and forty cents on our uh on our spot plays and like you said we also have abc grids uh staff many other things you've been very uh, successful and appreciate everyone's support yeah you guys do a great job and again i tell the uh the the podcast uh, uh Again, at night I'm handicapping a lot uh, in the office, and I'll, I'll have you guys on in the background. It's a lot of fun to uh, listen to 
uh, previews of some of the big stakes action coming up and recaps of some of the, the nice stakes in racing as well. You guys do a great job. And that's, again, why I reached out because uh, when I was listening this week, you were looking at that pick five at Santa Anita. And let's jump in and give some thoughts. Um, I pulled up a screen cap of your actual pick five. And you guys, I know on the podcast, try to keep it at $100 or less. Your actual ticket may be a little bit different the way you play it, but your format on the show, you put together, I think, a $96 ticket. So we'll talk about that that play in particular and some of the other horses you might like in some of these uh, races as well. But we'll kick things off. A nice sequence today. The pick five includes the stakes action, and it'll kick off in race number six with the Santa Anita Sprint Championship. Uh, I pulled up a replay going back to the Woody Stevens in June. It's going to be number three, Arabian Lion, getting it done. Subsequently, Arabian Lion was third in the Allen Jerkins at Saratoga. Um, but Arabian Lions stepping in against Older this afternoon is very intriguing for Bob Baffert. Obviously, Dr. Scheivel intriguing. The horse that really intrigues me in here is Speedboat Beach on the comeback off a couple of bullet works for Bob Baffert. This is an intriguing way to start the sequence. What did you see in the Santa Anita Sprint Championship? Yeah, very interesting. This is the uh, horses to see who's going to lose to elite power in a month. <laughs> uh, I thought, anyway... Arabian Lion in this race that we're watching on the screen uh, did what I hope he does today. I think he's better stalking Seth. Last time, he chased a very fast horse and the ill-fated, unfortunately, uh, New York Thunder in the Jerkins. I'm not sure he liked that track either. I'm hoping he just sits off the Speedboat Beach and maybe some others. Stocks and pounces, gets the job done here. I'd like to turn back for Arabian Lion also. Uh, two other things I want to mention in this race. Fort Bragg. There's three Bafferts in this race. Fort Bragg, the number four, who's currently my third choice, but I might upgrade, has been working absolutely outstanding, actually outworking Speedboat Beach, who's very fast and coming back. So I didn't originally have Fort Bragg that high. I had him third. I might upgrade because he's actually been working better than Arabian Lion, but I don't know if the distance is going to be best for Fort Bragg. I've always thought he's better going a little bit further. Uh, and then the other horse you got to talk about is Dr. Scheibel, of course, who, listen, we had an absolutely heartbreaking defeat in the Breeders' Cup in 21 against Aloha West. I was there. I just don't know if he's quite as good as he used to be. And he has been facing as tough. When he finished third in the Bing Crosby, I don't know how strong a race that was against the Chosen Braun and Anarchist. These Bafferts are better. So I'm a little bit against Dr. Scheibel uh, as the Moyline favorite, although I'm using him and he can win. I just have a feeling one of the Bafferts is going to get the job done today. Yeah, and what was your thought on Speedboat Beach? Because you talk about a kind of a crazy career. We talked about it earlier on the Handicapping Show. Started the career with that 104 buyer on the dirt at Del Mar, and then I think people were kind of scratching their chins. Then he goes to the turf for three more races, hasn't been seen since last December, and now comes back with the two bullet workouts and gets back to the dirt. At 12 to 1, I think he's intriguing. Well, there's absolutely no way. I think there's a better chance of uh, the U.S. coming back and winning the Ryder Cup than there is Bebo Beach being 12 to 1. Uh, so, but I'm a little tired because I got up to watch the morning session over in Italy, and I don't know why I did, but that's a whole other conversation. Anyway, he's not going to be 12 to 1, Seth. He's going to be half that. He's fascinating. He's going to have the lead most likely. He is super fast. I just, off the layoff, I'm not sure he's, uh, going to be 100% ready to beat some of his older stable mates. But listen, I think you have to use him. He's absolutely fascinating. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's better. He's a dirt horse. I'm not really sure why Bob decided to put him on turf last year, to be honest. It, it was very strange. And then kept him there for three Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, and, again, I pulled up uh, – from the, the uh, podcast the other night, uh, the play you put up there, the $96 play, there you were going to use the two and the three. I'm sorry, were you asking about my $96 ticket? Yeah, and, and I just said on that ticket you used the, the two and the three, Dr. Scheivel and Arabian Lion. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, I did. I didn't, I didn't use Fort Bragg. I have to admit, for everyone listening, watching, especially fans of the podcast, I am going to include Fort Bragg for sure. Obviously, you can see my ticket on the screen. If I add Fort Bragg, I would have to take someone off to make it under 100. But I'm an ABC 
uh, ticket player, if you aren't familiar with the ABC ticket, you basically weigh your opinions differently so that you can use more horses. And I'm definitely using Fort Bragg as an A or as one of my top choices, despite the fact you do not see him there on the screen in the first light. Yeah, and again, which is perfectly fair because you just want to keep it simple on your podcast. The, the ABC, you, you've got a whole uh, slew, but I wanted you to, to be able to mention that Fort Bragg on an ABC kind of play where you have multiple tickets and, and you can keep a budget that way. Uh, you'll use that one. So let's move on to the seventh right. race. Uh, and folks on your ticket, and I, I'm not disagreeing. You are... Uh, all over the place uh, in the seventh state bread maiden specials going uh, six and a half on the grass I uh, I found in here I think Sir Prance a lot is a little bit interesting as a sire and he's got a couple in here the two and the nine and watching the podcast I, I think Paul had liked uh, the nine sassy Prance a lot in here I think that one's intriguing as well but what are your thoughts in the uh, the seventh the maiden special well, I think a lot of people are in default to D'Amato and Sassy Prance lot. It's, a, it's sort of a weak field. Uh, you mentioned the breeding. The problem with Sassy Prance a lot, and we talked about this on the show, is as good as Phil D'Amato is, he's not a <clears throat> first-time-out kind yeah. of guy. In the last five years, Seth, in turf sprints, first-time-out, how about 7 for 72? He's yeah. only 10%. First-time-out, sprinting on the turf. It's not what he does best. That being said, the horse is bred well uh, and gets J.J. Hernandez, and it's probably going to take money. This is an absolutely wide-open race. And before we move on, Seth, very quickly, believe it or not, they're expecting some rain out in California Ooh. today. Not a lot of rain. Not New York City kind of rain. <laughs> but they are, expecting, they are expecting some rain, so pay attention to how the uh, track will play. I'm sure they'll be on the turf. I just want to mention they are expecting a little bit of rain. Might affect the dirt course a little bit today. But anyway... I'm going to go look at her glide. I think this Papadromo filly is very interesting. She was on the dirt last time, first time out, was 15 to 1, didn't break great, ran on okay, gets blinkers on, has a B minus work uh, also, and the dam is gliding by. It was a horse that you might know, very nice turf horse, and, and gliding by is uh, out of Artie Schiller. There's smart strike breeding on the, on the top side with the males. So I think look at our glide. I'm going with the price here. I don't have a real strong opinion in this race. I'm going 10, 11, 4. Safa, I think, will be better on the turf. And the number four, Asada Fries, ran well on turf first time out, was on dirt. Now back to turf, also a very good work tap for Asada Fries. The nine, obviously, first time starter can win stuff. This is a complete spread. Yeah. If you see my ticket there on the screen, obviously, um, I don't have a strong opinion in this race. Yeah, it, 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 overall, it's a, a fun, interesting sequence, but there are some there are some roadblocks in there, and that seventh is, is one of them. We'll see how that works out. All right, the eighth, the awesome again, grade one event, $300,000, nine furlongs the trip. Um, I pulled up uh, a replay of uh, the Gold Cup and uh, defunded getting it done in the Gold Cup. That was the last time Defunded was seen at Santa Anita. Subsequently, a couple of disappointing starts in the San Diego and the Pacific Classic at Del Mar, but potentially getting back to Santa Anita, we rebound to a better effort for uh, Defunded. But National Treasure in here for uh, Bob Baffert is interesting. Stiletto Boy has some nice races underneath. Skinner for uh, John Sheriffs certainly had some promise uh, at points in the career. What are your thoughts in the... Uh, the awesome again. Yeah, the big question here is what do you do with Defunded, right? You mentioned Defunded at seven, excuse me, eight for nine in the money at Santa Anita. Didn't run really well at Del Mar. Maybe he's like an arrogant type, right? Seth who just doesn't like Del Mar and prefers Santa Anita. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I have some questions on this horse. Maybe he's just regressing. He's going to be a very low price here. Uh, I, I obviously you can see on the screen I'm not using him in my uh, top two, but I will use him underneath in my ABC. Uh, Slow down, Andy. This horse is getting really good, Seth. I mean, really good. This Calbred uh, finished second two back in the San Diego to Senior Buscador, who's also in this race. Has faced very good horses, and last time he ran very well. Made a little bit of an early uh, move in the stretch, and maybe the mile and a quarter is just too far. There's no Arabian Nights in here. There's no Go Rocket Rides in here. 
I see no reason why slow down any can win. He's been working very well. And my sort of unusual or not unusual, but my, my long shot here is Skinner. I've always been a fan of the source. He also has been running very well at San Nita, of course, in the spring, if you recall, to practical move who was absolutely on fire at that point. Hasn't come back great in his last two. Maybe he wants to be at San Nita also, and he's the eight to one morning line. So Although I don't see a lot of really speed in here, Seth, if Skinner fires his best, I think this might be the spot uh, to get a victory at a price. I like it. And as you said, an ABC ticket, you would have to fund it in the mix. I'm sorry, I have trouble hearing you, Seth. Uh, uh, as, uh, as you said, on an ABC ticket, you would put the funded in the mix. Yeah, the fund is absolutely in the mix. The funded would be a B as in boy for me. I'm... My top choices would be the two, three, and four. Uh, on an AB, on a caveman, I'd probably use them equally. But on a ABC, I think the fund is going to be a B. He's just too low a price for me. So yeah. that's I have questions on. Yeah, I don't disagree. All right. Uh, in the uh, ninth at Santa Anita, six and a half furlongs on the turf coming down the hill in the Eddie D. Um, I pulled up a, a replay here going back to uh, January 29th. It's going to be Lane Way getting it done in the clocker's corner. Subsequently, after this, only one start. That was at Del Mar um, and ran fifth in the, uh, the green flash. But that was off a long layoff. So going back to the Santa Anita start uh, and getting back to Santa Anita, Lane Way is certainly interesting. But listening to the show... Uh, a couple of nights ago, you liked I'm a Gambler, and I like your thoughts here. And earlier on our handicapping show, my colleague Anthony Mormino, who was going over the card, also liked I'm a Gambler. I think you're on to something, and I think people who don't watch Southern California racing enough, it's an angle worth talking about coming out of a mile and then cutting back to that downhill on the turf at Santa Anita. I'm a Gambler making that move, and I think you're on to something there, a nice 6-1 to one on the morning line. Your thoughts on the Eddie D? Yeah, the appropriately named I'm a Gambler. I'm a big fan of this horse and has nothing to do with the name, to be very honest. I, turn backs going from a mile to down the hill is an angle that is extremely profitable over the years of San Nita. And if you're a fan of San Nita like Aaron, don't we love seeing the downhill races back? Yeah. Wish the uh, Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint was down the hill, but that's a whole other conversation because they're only going five furlongs. I'm a Gambler. When you watch his replay stuff, and I've watched him run several times, he looms up. He takes the lead, top of the stretch. He just quite can't get the job done going a mile. He's lost to the red-hot du jour in his last two. There's definitely going to be speed in this race with uh, Noble Reflection, Lane's Way, who, by the way, has a B-plus workout since that last race. So Lane Way, I think, is also uh, live here. I think I'm, I'm a gambler will be absolutely flying late. Seth. Can he get there? Can he handle the, the hill? which he's never been on, I don't know. But this is one of my place plays of the day. Notice he was sprinting in Europe. So, you know, usually uh, European sprinters can get a mile. Maybe this one can. Maybe this one just prefers a little bit shorter. Six to one, sign me up. I love I'm a gambler here. One of my best plays of the day. And uh, the caveman ticket, you were, what, four deep in here? Yeah, I'm going to use, also I'm going to use the number one who's, Working well, Balnikov is interesting, and I have a ton of respect for Little Red Feather and, uh, and Mr. Koch. They know what they're doing. He's been facing tough horses. He's turning back. And if you want speed, I would prefer Laneway. I think Laneway is going to set a great trip. I just don't love the speed entirely in this race. I'm going to hope that the race falls apart a little bit. So I'm going to be going 7-1-6. But Laneway, definitely a factor as well. And then, uh, as I say, you were four deep and you used Bran in there. And I think both Pete and Paul on the podcast like Bran, but you, you, you include yeah. that in some fashion. Bran, Bran, yeah, Bran's best number, Seth, was two back at Kentucky Downs. We know how quirky yeah. that track can be. I don't know if he's as good as the others. And, again, he's 5-2 Moyne line. And that's, this is a thing that we talk about on our show a lot. I know you move on. But just because the horse looks obvious, doesn't mean you should use them, especially at a low price. And I tend to price shop a little bit. 
Yeah, and, and uh, you make a great point because that number at Kentucky Downs sticks out, and it was at Kentucky Downs, and so it's hard to know how much to buy into that number or whether he just took to that track that a lot of horses don't. So, uh, tenth and final today is the uh, City of Hope. It'll wrap up the uh, sequence. I pulled up a replay going back to July 21st to Del Mar. We're going to watch a twist get it done. Subsequently, was fifth in the Del Mar Mile. But I think this race two back touts twist is maybe a little bit intriguing uh, this afternoon. Um, Hong Kong Harry is another horse I know you guys mentioned on the, the, the podcast as well. Um, interesting way to wind up the sequence. Your thoughts in the City of Hope? Yeah, twist is another big play for mine. If it comes 7-7, then the sequence, Seth, I'm a very happy man and probably will have an extremely good day uh, in the pocketbook. You saw the last race, Twist ran very well, too, back, excuse me. Last time, and we showed the replay on our show, I highly recommend people watch the replay either from our podcast on Thursday or just on your ADW. The uh, Somo waited a little bit too long on the turn, and then he got himself in a jackpot and took a pretty bad check and steady. Once he got clear in the lane, though, he did gallop out again facing du jour that's a horse we've mentioned uh before with i'm a gambler and i think he's gonna uh you know go come off the pace here and i really like the form that twist is in right now it's a two-horse race to be hong kong harry the number four is gonna be tough if he's ready i'm assuming they're gonna go to the breeders cup with hong kong harry no matter what happens here he's a very nice galping but he's six years old he's coming off a layoff and twist has been running and I like the activity that Swiss has shown recently. If he gets the right trip, I think he's got a big shot. He's three to one morning line. It's not, you know, a long shot here, but I do think Hong Kong Harry's gonna be more like nine to five in the spot. Uh, and so again, uh, we showed your uh, sequence on the screen a few times, but again, uh, that's uh, just the caveman ticket that you guys use to keep things simple on the podcast as you play. You mentioned some of the. The B's and C's maybe that might make it into an ABC kind of multi-ticket sequence. So uh, people have an idea of some of the horses that they might want to think about this afternoon. We appreciate the conversation on the pick five. Howard, before I let you go, uh, on the podcast you mentioned you got a trip to, to Keeneland coming up for their opening week. Yes, very excited going to Keeneland next week. I have some horses with Crownsway Racing here out of the Chicago area. We have a horse called Shards shards with an S, who's going to be running the Indian Summer Stakes on the Sunday, a week from uh, today, excuse me, a week from tomorrow. So I'm going to be at Keeneland uh, next week. It's a fantastic Fall Stars weekend, and then I am going to be at the Breeders' Cup in November. So I've got a busy uh, horse racing schedule coming up of travel, great races. Thanks again for having me on, Seth, and good luck all to your viewers and listeners out there. It's going to be a great day, despite no racing at New York today. Yeah, uh, looking forward to it, certainly. Uh, Breeders' Cup, are you playing BCBC? I'm sorry about the Breeders' Cup. Uh, uh, are you going to play in the BCBC? I am. I am playing the BCBC, going with the uh, BCBC crew, which is myself, Matt Miller, Brad Anderson, Drew Cody, those three all former winners. I'm going to try to add my name <laughs> to the list. Kyle Roscoe is going as well, and... Patrick Kunzel, and you met both of them in Saratoga. They uh, are on the Betten and Boozen show. So there's a whole boatload of us going to San Diego to play in the BCBC. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, we had a fun conversation with Matt Miller up at Saratoga, too. And speaking of Saratoga and having your horse at Keeneland, I'm rooting for you, Keeneland. That, what, that would be a great, uh, what, two, three-month period. Stand in the winter circle at Saratoga and stand in the winter circle at Keeneland. So I'll be looking for you down there. Oh, my goodness. Well, also, <laughs> hey, Seth, real quick, race four today at Churchill, Copper Bullet, excuse me, Copper Missile, sorry, there's a horse named Copper Missile in race four at Churchill, he's the three horse, seven to two in wine line, I also have a small piece of him for Crownsway Racing, very talented serial turfer, check it out, I'm going to, I think he's definitely a play, especially anything bigger than five to two, Copper Missile, race four, the three horse at Churchill Downs. All right. Uh, I am circling it here, my past performances. I'll give it a little shout-out on the, the afternoon handicapping show. Howard, appreciate the visit. And, again, keep up the great work on the, uh, the podcast and with the Power Picks, and we'll talk again.
Hey, thanks, lots. Uh, have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Howard Kravitz, uh, nice look at that sequence, fun sequence, opening Saturday of this uh, Santa Anita fall meet leading into the Breeders' Cup. And this, those stakes races will clearly have some uh, Breeders' Cup implications coming up. So, and again, tout uh, checking out. Go over to YouTube and, and type in HH Racing Podcast or just type that in to Google and you'll go to their website and that'll take you onto the YouTube page and whatnot. That Pete and Paul and, and Howard do a great job uh, every week. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do some quick news and notes uh, before we uh, reach out to uh, Dave Rodman. Again, nice stakes day at Laurel as well. We'll talk about that with Dave in a few. But we'll take a break and come back and just hit on, as I say, some of the news and notes of the day. All of that right after this. Stay tuned. No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe, and secure wagering platform, and best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, anytime at CapitalOTBBet.com. And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play. Capital OTB is now streaming live on Roku. The RTN Racing Channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices, which means you can now watch OTB live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN channel, then click on OTB TV. OTB TV on Roku. Try it now. Welcome back to Racing Across America on this Saturday morning. Again, Saturday afternoon, New Yorkless this afternoon. Um, and have Dave Grenig's article here. Um, obviously, they canceled yesterday. If you saw any of the pictures on the news or social media, it was just crazy in New York yesterday with the, the uh, rain and, and flooding. Um, so they canceled racing yesterday. Now, there were a couple of stakes on yesterday's card. The Noble Damsel, Damsel will come back on October 8th. The Ashley Cole on October 6th. Those will be redrawn. But today's card, there's no racing in New York today. Again, with the wet weather, uh, clearly uh, there was a situation down in New York. But they've taken today's card and moved it to tomorrow intact. So if you printed up PPs, if you handicap, you're good to go. Uh, it's just going to move to tomorrow. Same situation with the scheduled Sunday card. That's now been moved to Wednesday, but that remains intact uh, as well. But we'll keep our fingers crossed as far as weather and whatnot that everything uh, holds up nicely for uh, uh, tomorrow. Uh, because, again, today was a nice big stakes day in New York, and uh, that will all go again on, on tomorrow. We hope it uh, weather-wise holds up for those nice stakes because again this time of year these big stakes clearly will have some Breeders' Cup implications so you hope everybody gets out of it what they need. I uh, mentioned this earlier on the handicapping show came out yesterday kind of been waiting for this uh, after you know the Pennsylvania Derby card uh, last week the Greenwood Cup the marathon event which next just it might have been one of the most, might have been the most impressive performance on the card. Saudi Crown was certainly good, but it might have been the most impressive performance. Uh, next, uh, who has become just a top quality marathoner, runs away with it. But I, as I said earlier, as they panned away from next to, uh, or to next going to the finish line, riding with Biden was a very clear second. No challenge to the winner but very clear second. So then they pan to the finish line, next goes by the finish line, and then riding with Biden gets caught at the finish line with clearly Paco Lopez standing up. Um, and I said, as we watched it live, I said, man, if you had the exacta with riding with Biden, you've got a legitimate complaint. And uh, subsequently the park stewards uh, did give uh, Paco Lopez 30 days for, and I'm quoting from the article here, quote, failure to give his best effort 
and failure to use proper diligence, unquote. While uh, riding, riding with Biden, um, got caught by a long shot uh, at the wire. Um, but again, uh, you know, next uh, at one to five was offering not a lot of value. So you'd have to think some people are maybe finding value. Well, I'll put it with riding with Biden, the second choice, get a little exacter there. Oof. And then uh, Dave Grenig was at Parks for the racing form, and his follow up to this, you know, his recap of this stake said the the uh, trainer of riding with Biden, I guess, had some words with Paco right after the race. And uh, Dave said, uh, you know, neither had any comments subsequently, but he could see there was a discussion between the two. It was a $19,000 difference between second and third. So it cost certainly the owners and the team a little something as well. But um, it, it was clearly worth uh, the stewards taking a look and taking some action, and they took serious action with Paco Lopez getting a 30-day suspension. It began a couple of days ago on Thursday. It goes through October 22nd. And Grenig in the article said, uh, uh, noted through Thursday, Paco Lopez ranked second in wins among all the North American jockeys this year with 225. Um, he... Uh, also, the leading rider this past uh, summer at Monmouth was 75 wins. He has 75 wins at Parks. So I guess kind of on days off, he's popping over there. Um, I had him in fifth place, and he had six wins from 10 mounts. Uh, Monmouth at the Meadowlands meet, so doing well there uh, also atop that. So this will affect, obviously, his business as he will be on the sidelines for 30 days after that. It's just kind of inexplicable. And I said earlier on the handicapping show, if you didn't see it, I think it was Grenig's tweet. I think he tweeted out his article yesterday. But the re replies to uh, the tweet, one of the first ones was from Chantel Sutherland, who said, gee, this seems unfair because, you know, it was a marathon race and he just didn't have any horse left and you don't want to push the horse uh, and maybe have a horse get hurt, and nobody wants that. But I'm just—I don't think he would have had to persevere in some detrimental fashion to hold second place. He was clearly way ahead, as I say, when the camera panned and didn't have that far to go, and then just got caught by standing up. And so, I—I I respect the the thoughts of an actual jockey, which I am not. But I thought, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I'm, I'm buying. He couldn't have held on to second without the taxing the horse at all really so uh you know again given the situation and it was so out there and obvious coming right under the finish line i think we're all waiting to see what the stewards will do and they took um major action there um and i also noted i pulled up the article here on my computer we'll see what happens but it was for racing west of the the mississippi you know golden gate uh notably uh Closing and Turf Paradise looked like that was they were on the way out as well as a deal um, with the current owner and a potential new owner had fallen through. But according to a Matt Hagerty article in the Racing Forum yesterday, a new buyer uh, came forward. I guess uh, they're right in the midst of a deal. And it sounds, like I say, almost too good to be true. And I think in the racing industry, we've seen these kind of things happen before. I'll wait. I'll, I'll take a little bit of a wait-and-see attitude, but have our fingers crossed. Um, you know, the, this potential now new owner um, who just came forward in the last few days uh, is talking about putting a lot of money into the track and uh, continuing racing. We'll see. As I say, I think we've seen stories like this. Uh, over the years where, wow, this is great. And, and then things don't quite work out that way. But we'll, we'll see. I, as I say, fingers crossed because uh, you don't like to see a, a racetrack close, particularly, again, on that West Coast, Southwest uh, area where uh, it's, they're, they're already uh, kind of slim pickings out there. And I think it's better for racing when there are a number of circuits going. I mentioned earlier up here in the Northeast, you see horses bouncing back and forth. You see horses from Laurel over at Parks and Parks at racing at uh, Belmont at Aqueduct. Uh, and, and I think that's better for the racing game. And we were kind of losing 
tracks out there on the west coast that, that was making that a little bit of an island on, unto itself, which I don't think is necessarily very good. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, as noted earlier, Dave Rodman will join us from Laurel. They have a really nice stakes day down there as well. We'll hit on some of the stakes with Dave right after this. Stay tuned. What if there was a way to become a better horse player, to have a better knowledge of the game, to be more successful? What if there were a way to take what you've learned, what you know, and make better decisions, better choices? In horse racing, knowledge is a powerful tool. Race results and replays, past performances and live streaming, wagering from all your digital devices. Capital OTB, become a better horse player. No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe and secure wagering platform, and best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, anytime at CapitalOTBBet.com. And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play. Capital OTB is now streaming live on Roku. The RTN Racing Channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices, which means you can now watch OTB live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN Channel, then click on OTB TV. OTB TV on Roku. Try it now. Welcome back to Racing Across America. As promised before the break, uh, joined now by Dave Rodman. And I will note for people, uh, earlier as well, you, you heard Howard having a little trouble. We're having a little trouble with the phone. So, so Dave, if you don't hear me, feel free to say, can you ask that again? Uh, because it seems like uh, I hear you guys fine, but you guys are having a little trouble hearing me perhaps. But uh, happy to join, be joined by our friend Dave Rodman. Haven't talked to Dave in a while. Dave, good morning. Hey, Seth, I'm working through some audio problems with my, my phone here, but uh, I think I can hear you well enough to do this. <laughs> I hope you can hear me. All right. We hear, we hear you fine. Like I say, I think our, the problem somehow on our end getting out to, to the guests because we had a little trouble earlier uh, as well. But as I say, I haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, give us a little update. Uh, what's been up in this summer? Uh, I'm always curious. We've, we've had a couple of guests on from the Maryland circuit uh, Timonium. What's it like announcing a Timonium? Do you get uh, distracted by the Ferris wheel? Oh, the Timonium meet? Yeah, it went great. Uh, I handle was really, really off the Timonium. Usually they'll bet like half million, four hundred thousand, and uh, Timonium. Uh, just about every day we did seven hundred thousand on track, Jeez. or close to seven hundred thousand in Maryland all total. So very nice meet. Uh, what, what's it like announcing down there? Do they have a nice location for you? Uh, at Timonium? Yeah. Uh, location? Uh, yeah, it's perfect. I mean, you can almost call it out binoculars there. It's a bull ring. <laughs> ah, very good. 
All right, let's uh, get into a nice steak stay down at Laurel today. Let's kick things off with the Salima. Two-year-old Phillies going a mile and a sixteenth on the ground. Oh, before we get into it, what's the, what's the weather look like down there today? Uh, weather, uh, cloudy, uh, temperature nice, about 70 degrees. Ah. This really perfect for racing, no glare, uh, track is fast. So listen, your turf is good. Did not run on the turf yesterday. It looked fine, like we could have run on it, but they were saving it for the big races today. A mile and a half to the Japan Cup, uh, Japan Turf Cup, and others on the grass today. Still in the Laurel Futurity. Uh, and it looks in fine shape for this four-day-a-week stretch that we have coming up in October and November, including... Uh, Maryland Million. So uh, the track's in great shape after the break at Timonium and going to Pimlico. Uh, so with the turf course, weather permitting, I think, is going to last quite a while. We get some great grass races, which I think is a relief to a lot of people on the East Coast. Yeah, no question about it. Certainly up here in Saratoga, it was a rough summer weather-wise. But the Salima is scheduled uh, eight and a half furlongs on the grass. I pulled up a replay going back to Saratoga early August where there was some grass racing and Brock Nardini won. I like this effort. Subsequently went up and disappointed in the Natalma. And I'll tell you, if you look at the trouble line in the Natalma for Brock Nardini, it says hop start. That wasn't that bad. But then it talks about bump. And Brock Nardini did get absolutely crushed in the stretch in the Natalma. I'm giving Brock Nardini a little bit of a pass. Hope uh, maybe that one darkens the form a little bit and we can get some value. I think Brock Nardini is interesting. Positive carry, Carmelina. Um, fun race. What did you see in the Salima? Uh, Brock Nardini made my watch list as soon as she broke her maiden yeah. uh, at Saratoga. Thought she was a talented horse, and a question mark was stakes winner, question mark. And then they brought her up to, uh, to Woodbine with a kind of a troubled trip there. Uh, maybe discount that, but she's kind of coming back here from September 16th now, uh, kind of quick. Uh, I kind of looking at Yabba in this race, who last race September 7th at Colonial, excuse me, at Kentucky Downs. On a good track, it tracks had a little give in it after heavy, heavy rains last weekend uh, here in Maryland as we got brushed by the storm. Uh, uh, Sit a good trip off the pace. She seems to be an improving filly. Uh, Yana for uh, Graham Motion and Jorge Ruiz, I think one of the most underrated riders in the region when it comes to turf here. I mean, I've seen him put in some just ace rides on grass horses, and you can see why Graham Motion's reaching out here to Jorge Ruiz, who rides a lot of his horses up at Delaware Park and uh, has a lot of victories with him together. Good jockey-trainer combination there at 26% together. Yeah, I have that one in the mix as well. I, I think Yada's uh, very, very playable coming off the, uh, the maiden breaker at Kentucky Downs for a mere $156,000. Uh, the eighth race today, the Japan Turf Cup, you mentioned earlier, a mile and a half for three-year-olds and up. Um, I pulled up uh, a replay here of... Um, uh, which replay? Oh, Bear Oak. Um, and we're going to look at Saratoga. Bear Oak is going to be the number four horse here. Um, and off of this win for Norm Cassie, I thought Bear Oak was going to be a little bit intriguing uh, this afternoon. But I put Yamoto, Yamada uh, on top for Mike Maker. Um, I think that one, obviously, being a Mike Maker trainee, is very playable. Caramanos on board. What were your thoughts in the Japan Turf Cup? Yeah, we're kind of leaning the same way, but I'm going to like a bare oak in this spot for three in a row. Timely claim, one at a mile and a quarter on the dirt at Saratoga and a photo finish there by a head. Came back at Saratoga on the turf again. Another distance improved his number. A winner out of that race already in cross border. I think he's, uh, he's going to be a perfect uh, fit in this spot. And again, Ruiz in the saddle on the grass for Norm Cassie. So I think a timely claim there. Yamato's interesting because he was beaten by the other maker in the race, if I recall, right? Red Run at Churchill Downs. And that horse had the toughest of tough trips, extreme outside post almost. Uh, had to gain position while wide. And I thought, well, by the time they got to the first turn, that's going to cost him the race. Well, not only did he win, but Yamato, uh, Yamato ran right, right up to him and he dug in. Uh, to win in a gallon performance. That was a kind of a top performance for Maker's 
Yamato at the age of six. Can he come back and repeat it? That's the question in here. This is not an easy field, I don't think. I mean, you've got the uh, eight-time winner, Eons, the seven-year-old, who's won two of those eight here at the Laurel Turf Course. He loves Laurel, and he's run some big, big bang-up races in here. Uh, just when you least expect game victory in the Prince George's County. So age is not a factor for him. He's still going strong with back-to-back -back solid, solid efforts. And I think his best race in recent times has been right here over this track, going nine furlongs. He's got a stretch today, but with his class, it shouldn't be a problem. Kind of a long-shot sleeper I have in here. Craig Sacco's got two. It can be done, who hasn't won in a long time. Uh, who's only won a couple of races. But Ocean's Map is interesting. The race at a mile and a half that's buried uh, in his form uh, looks good uh, off the running line. And he comes out of a race at Monmouth, won by St. Anthony, who came back to win the, the Red Bank with a good figure as well. Uh, he's kind of a sleeper horse to me. I'm going to use him underneath in exactos maybe with whomever you like and maybe in triples too on the bottom. I like it. Very good. All right, let's move on to uh, the ninth, the Twix. Um, I, I kind of went master of the obvious here. Uh, Brad Cox brings in Interstate Daydream, who I have always felt was kind of at the bottom of the sec uh, of the top tier of, of you know Phillies and Mayors uh, last year three year old Phillies and this year Phillies and Mayors not maybe at, uh, amongst the top but not far behind and we're going to look at the uh, Dupont at Pimlico back in May uh, Interstate Daydream is going to be the number two horse subsequently a second and a third in some stakes at Thistledown and Ellis. Um, but again, this is the uh, winner of uh, last year's Black-Eyed Susan. I just think maybe Interstate Daydream outclasses this bunch. But I thought Hybrid Eclipse, Eclipse was interesting. Battle Bling uh, for Mike Dubb and company could be intriguing. What are your thoughts in the Twixt? Short run into the first turn in a mile of the 16th here at Laurel. Now, there are a couple of scratches. Post 9 bringing her in a couple of spots to breaking from 7. But still, if you're inside going around that first turn with some tactical early speed, sometimes you have a bit of advantage trying to race over this track. I see why they're bringing Interstate Daydream back to Maryland. They've had success with her, winning the grade two block eyed Susan, winning the Allaire DuPont this year at Pimlico as well. And she's a very, very consistent horse. And uh, Brad Cox has already stated that he's going to try to get her closer to the pace and maybe part of that is post position maybe part of that is a little shorter distance at the mile to 60 she, um, you know she needs to be closer to the pace I'm going to take a little shot here with battle bling Rob Atris kind of cold in New York as of late but a giant stat for Atris runners including a recent win at Pimlico and ship ends here he's going strong with a positive ROI rested up battle bling has since the July 8th race at Delaware, beaten 32 lengths behind 80 Gomatic. And throw out that race. It's a second race back uh, after, after that break from uh, February. She has tactical early speed. And I think she's gone right to the front or near the front of the speed of Malibu. I keep getting my Malibu horses mixed up. Malibu Beauty <laughs> racing down to the inside there for Gary Capuano. Um, at the distance. I think she's a little bit better sprinting or seven furlongs, but uh, if they're let her alone, she could be dangerous in the spot. I think Malibu Beauty is going to try to make the lead. Battle Bling will be close by, and they're going to have to try to hustle Interstate Daydream up. But that price, though, maybe I'm going to include her on a ticket or two, but uh, I'm taking a chance here. I like it again. Uh, and we wrap up the stakes section, the Laurel Futurity. Uh, it's been on the turf now for a while and leads into, I love the subdivision of the three-year-olds on the turf, and this kind of helps define who maybe we watch in that subdivision next year as this is two-year-olds on the turf. I pulled up a replay here against Saratoga, middle of August. It's going to be the number three uh, dancing mischief. And, and I have Dancing Mischief on top in here for George Weaver, who's having a very good year. The New York bred, though, you know, you mentioned it in the previous race. It's hung outside. I may be up against it, but I thought if the morning line holds up, at least I'm getting the right odds to take a little pop with uh, Dancing Mischief. What are your thoughts on the futurity? Hey, you may not get that double digits for sure in looking at the field. Uh, air Recruit 
I think, is a play in this spot. I know he's only had two races, both sprints at Colonial Downs. He's by Air Force Blue out of the Arch Dam Werewolf, who was a winner going along. I don't have it in front of me. I looked at it this morning. I think it was at a mile and 316. So on the M side, uh, the pedigree to run all day. I think he's got enough speed to stay close. Hopefully, I don't want to see him go to the front. But I think maybe if he can use some relaxed speed to stay close in the spot, he's going to be tough. Tropenhagen's an interesting horse here. The Marshall Yeh uh, Colt, who battled hard on the lead every step of the way. And what a gear he had at Monmouth in that mile in the debut and winning first out. Um, very visually strong kind of race there for Tropenhagen. And I'm going to use him on the ticket as well. They kind of an open race. Maybe Tropenhagen air recruit and using dancing mischief. I think maybe that's the three. Can't really split them, so box them. I, I like that as well. And again, uh, Laurel Futurity uh, wrapping up stakes action. A really nice stakes day uh, down at Laurel. So, Dave, appreciate the visit. We wish you and everybody a great day uh, down there. And we will talk again. I'm sorry, what did you say? I said, uh, happy to have you on, and we'll talk again in the future. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's been a long time. So we'll, we'll, we'll catch up maybe closer to Maryland Million Day, too. S sounds good. Uh, Dave, appreciate it. Dave Rodman from Laurel Park. Again, a nice steak stay down there. Nice steak stay at Churchill. Nice steak stay out at Santa Anita. So there's plenty of action, even with New York on the sidelines today, with, again, their card being moved to uh, tomorrow because of the, the crazy weather they had down there. Otherwise, we will wrap it up. I do want to remind you one more time before uh, we do wrap it up this morning that tomorrow, big race uh, early in the morning with the Group 1 ARC, one of the uh, top races in the world each and every year. The ARC from Longchamp will be uh, just a little after 10 o'clock. So racing across America tomorrow, we'll start the show, we'll, we'll kind of lead into the ARC, then we'll watch the ARC and continue on after that. But uh, the ARC is tomorrow here at the Clubhouse Racebook. We will open at 9 a.m. Uh, so an early start here at the Racebook. There'll be complimentary donuts and coffee. So keep that in mind for ARC Day tomorrow, early opening at the Clubhouse Racebook. If you can't make it down here, you can watch all the action here on OTB TV. Bet via capital OTB, bet.com. So keep that in mind. The ARC tomorrow, Sunday. All right, I'm going to wrap it up for this edition of Racing Across America. Seth Merrow in the studio. Again, really appreciate your tuning in. As always, we'll be back in, as usual, about an hour and a half or so for, uh, well, I'm just kind of looking to uh, check. Uh, Churchill today will kick off at 1245. Laurel will kick off at 1225. So, yeah, we'll be uh, here to uh, take a look at that opener at Laurel because I'm going to have some Laurel and Churchill action this afternoon. So with 1225 kicking off at Laurel, we'll be back eh, sometime after noon. Uh, so a couple hours, no, an hour, a little, little over an hour away. Uh, for uh, OTB Live for Saturday afternoon. Look forward to seeing you then. But we appreciate you tuning in this morning. Uh, enjoy uh, the rest of your morning. And again, fire things up as uh, we'll be back in just about an hour or so for OTB Live for a Saturday afternoon. We'll see you then. You're watching OTB TV, a service of Capital Off-Track Betting.